We are having a lively discussion today about uh, having babies. And, of course, we're always for the more natural end of it. Our guest today is Dr. Shelley S. Binkley. She's delivered over 3,000 babies. She's written a book called DIY Baby, Do-It-Yourself Baby. And we were talking about uh, breastfeeding, and you were mentioning that the first milk that comes out of the breast is thicker and has more what in it? Um, the four milk has more sugars and proteins, whereas the hind milk has more fats and proteins. The hind milk usually comes out after about three to five minutes of breastfeeding, and it's the fats and proteins that help with brain growth. So um, that's why you want to empty one breast, and then if the baby's still hungry, start in on the other so that the baby's not just getting a few minutes of four milk from each breast, but getting the four milk and the hind milk from one breast and then moving on to the next. Full nutrition, huh? Full nutrition. Great. Uh, Is there anything that you know of that competes with mother's milk for her baby as far as being as good for the baby? No, you can buy formulas in stores. That's way better for babies than breast milk, don't you think? Doesn't it say that on the label? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) Sure. You really can't beat mom, can you? You can't beat mom. Plus, there's all the other benefits like the the touching and the, the comfort and and holding and and all that, you know, connection that you just don't get with a bottle. And how long do you recommend that uh, moms breastfeed? A year is uh, recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics and American College of OBGYN. There are people who breastfeed for six months, and that's great. There are people that breastfeed for four weeks, and that's great. And then there are people who breastfeed for two years. I've heard even some who do it for five years, which knocked my socks off. How about you? Yeah, I, I think that would be be tough to do. But um, The child's the same height as the mother. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Hey, it was all that breast milk there. <laughs> Got to do something. Yep. So, you know, I, I think there's a, a tie-in oftentimes when a child doesn't get the natural, loving, warm, Soothing, mothering breast milk, uh, and I think when that does, when the child doesn't get that, oftentimes sexual neediness happens as a grown-up. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's any um, studies that that have even looked at that issue. Yeah. But um, during breastfeeding, there are a lot of hormones that are secreted, and some of them are the same hormones that are secreted during sex. Like, for example oxytocin and vasopressin are some hormones that are secreted both by the mom and the baby during breastfeeding, and and those are hormones that are secreted during sex. So um, biologically it makes sense, but I have not seen any studies that have even looked at that. How valuable can breast pumps be for mothers? Uh, You know, what what would you have to say about that? Um, I think breast pumps are essential, especially if you're a working mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I think women who, who own a good breast pump are, are more likely to breastfeed longer than women who don't own a good breast pump. Uh, those are more likely to get frustrated with the process. Yeah, I bet. And breastfeeding also, or having a breast pump allows other people to feed the baby pumped milk, like it allows dad to yep. feed the yes. baby pumped milk and grandmas and aunts and uncles and things like that. So no, It helps the bonding with dad and baby better, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that that's a fair and point. And convenience for mom. 
Yep. Inconvenience for mom. Yep. yep. Yeah. She gets so dad can wake up in the middle of the night <laughs> and feed the baby pumpkin. That's right. Oh, I'm gonna get shot by the men out there. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> this sounds good. Here are some of the chapters in DIY Baby. They include the case of the missing period, hormones, and optimism. I bet that's a challenge. Those hormones really kick up, don't they? They really do kick up, and you can either be ruled by them or you can understand them and make the best out of them. Yeah, I understand. Uh, it's time, labor and delivery, home birth, a new paradigm, the leading man, uh, knight in shining armor. What do you think about the uh, water births? Um, water births, unfortunately, had a... When they were when they studied them in the 80s, there was a slightly higher risk of fetal drowning, because um, when you think about it, the baby's going from a water environment and it has to transition to uh, breathing air. Yeah. So part of the process of birth is squeezing the water out of the lungs and and then sucking air in. Right. So, yes. Um, there were some unfortunate deaths, so now the water births are not really recommended because of that that issue is it possible to overcome that or basically you need to come out of the vagina and into air immediately uh, there's a lot of physiologic transitions that happen as babies come out of the vagina and into air and, and that's necessary for us to go through as human beings so i you know doing the water birth is just introducing water at a time when the baby's gasping for for yes. air and trying to make that transition. Yes, so. very good point. So I often thought, you know, I hear these uh, Vietnamese out in the paddy field, they're bending over, stoop labor, planting rice or something, and they have a baby right there standing. baby comes out, they wrap it all up, clean it up, and they keep working for the rest of the day. I often wonder uh, if... Standing or crouching is a better gravitational way to have a child than on your back. Yeah, it's actually used quite a bit. Um, you know, people that uh, help women with vaginal birth, there's a, a lot of uh, different um, modalities you can use, but uh, the squatting position is very helpful for not just gravitationally, but it also helps rotate the baby the right direction so that the baby's facing towards the back when just how the muscles in that position naturally sort of will push the baby that way mm-hmm yes that boy that's that's valuable you know uh breathing you know like somebody's uh, choking to death and you lay them on their back you know if you lay them turn them over with their face down it clears things much easier than if you lay them on their back it sort of goes the same way i think I want you to speak more on hormones. Before you do that, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today is uh, Dr. Shelley Binkley, and she's written the book DIY Baby, Do-It-Yourself Baby, Your Essential Pregnancy Handbook. So what about hormones, and how do we master them better? <laughs> do, you, do you have another few hours? <laughs> <laughs> Good so one. That, there's, that's another book that's coming out, but um, just to give you a, a glimpse, the hormone levels in a pregnant woman at term are equal to that of thousands of women at the peak of ovulation. Wow. So your your hormone levels are really cranked up there at term. 
I guess that's why you get a little bit of extra dispensation for all the screaming, and husbands are just supposed to go, yes, dear, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is that is one solution, but there are other ways of dealing with it. So, And that's what the next book is about. So afterwards, uh, mother's, let's say she's breastfeeding, and her hormones, I think, uh, would be altered to breastfeed. How does that relate for the mother or wife having sexual pleasure and desire with her husband? It's actually really tough because at term those hormone levels are very high and then during breastfeeding the estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone levels can get down into the menopausal range. So a lot of women experience um, sexual dysfunction after a baby's born because of basically lack of hormones. I see. What would help a woman have more hormones? Is it diet or uh, getting progesterone or estrogen? or What would, what would do that? Um, for people that experience vaginal dryness, uh, you can use estrogen vaginal cream during breastfeeding, and that can help with some of the discomfort that's caused by the lack of hormones. Yeah. But um, the problem with taking oral hormones during breastfeeding is it can suppress the milk supply. So ah, yes. You can't really give someone hormone replacement while they're breastfeeding. What was so, I thinking? Right. So sexuality maybe needs to wait a little while. Yep. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's what happens with a lot of couples is it gets put on hold. And for how long? It depends on how long the person breastfeeds. But um, the longer you breastfeed, the you know, the longer you stay in that sort of pseudo-menopausal state where the hormones are really low. So um, people who tend to breastfeed for a longer time, their sex drive tends to recover slower than people who breastfeed a short period of time. Now, that's not a, that's not a reason to quit breastfeeding early. Right. <laughs> but it's just something to contend with in the process of breastfeeding. Right. There's a balance between what the baby needs and what the couple needs as, you know, a unit and their union. Exactly. So, exactly. so it looks like we need a very mature, reinforced, secure, loving relationship with the husband and wife before we're going to have a baby and give up some of the intimacy be- between the husband and wife on a sexual level, uh, most likely because it's going to the baby. Yeah, there is a lot of intimacy that gets uh, transferred to the baby, so it's you know, it's definitely optimal to have a, a healthy marital relationship before having a baby. Right. And this, this so is... Ma- so babies aren't really there to patch marriages together, are they? <laughs> no. Babies, babies can, can break them up because yeah. so, all that emotional intensity gets delivered to the baby. And, and right, rightfully so. Rightfully so. They need that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this has a lot to do with adultness. And a lot of people don't have any idea of this. Oh boy, we're going to have a baby, and they don't realize. Whoa, this this means our relationship and certain uh, experiences we have uh, are going to need to shift a bit. Going to need to adjust a bit. No, not only the time the mother spends with the baby, but the uh, sexual drive and sexual urge and sexual naturalness for the woman with the man uh, seems to be on demand to the baby and sidetracked. I don't know if that's all the time, but I think it's a lot of the time. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, on demand to the baby is a good way of phrasing it. 
um, it, it does get shifted that direction. And, you know, I think when people, a lot of times when people are considering pregnancy or if they get pregnant accidentally or whatever, they, um, they don't always understand that they're bringing a whole nother human being into the world. Yes. And it's their responsibility to make life as good as they possibly can for that human being. And I don't mean make life good financially, but make right. life good in a loving environment mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, full of warmth and, and that type of thing. And, and people seem to sometimes view babies as, as another possession or another achievement or whatever, um, rather than really understanding that they're, they're bringing a whole other human being and spirit into the world. Yes. A lot involved. A lot and involved. The natural process of breastfeeding for a year and the body basically shut down for sexuality and it's focused on that baby and then the mother doesn't get pregnant either while nursing, right? Exactly. The Most women don't ovulate while they're nursing. So the whole system is set for children to get an incredibly good connection with their parents for a year before moving on to what's next. Exactly. Guys out there, get get a good, active, fulfilling, busy life for when these kind of things happen. If you want to bring children in, you got to be prepared and you got to know this stuff's coming and have yourself so that you can be fulfilled by and large instead of just all strung out and maybe even resentful. Uh, say, uh, say Shelly, uh, do you have any nutritional... Uh, pieces of advice for women in pregnancy before and after birth and breastfeeding nutrition um, nutrition wise people really just need to get back to the basics they need to eat healthy unprocessed foods whole grains um, need to avoid fast food need to avoid the easy solution no more McDonald's no more McDonald's no <laughs> <laughs> of course McDonald's probably isn't good at any life phase <laughs> but but yeah it's it's we're so far away from our nutritional basic common sense that just to get people to understand the basics is a major um task it, it is really true you know a lot of things are processed or uh denatured in so many different ways and it's so valuable to get back to natural food Almost like, uh, you know, you raise it on a farm and uh, catch it out of the stream or whatever, and, and that's it, instead of all these packages full of stuff. Yep. Orange food is what I call it. <laughs> orange food? Well, a lot of processed foods are orange, if you've noticed, like, you know, Cheetos and, you know, cheese. and. You're not going to so. take my Cheetos away, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, not if you have an attachment to neon orange food, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I never thought of that before, but that's a good point. Yeah, just go through the grocery shelves, and I don't know if there's something about the color orange that sells food, but it, well, it, a lot of processed food is orange. Isn't color. that interesting? It is an exciting color. It is. <laughs> yeah. And don't don't you recommend also that the uh, pregnant mothers and nursing mothers take some vitamins, minerals? Yeah, Prenatal vitamins are recommended throughout pregnancy and breastfeeding, and the main, the most important component of that is folic acid, which is a B vitamin that's essential for development of new cells, um, especially nerve cells. I bet omegas are important too, huh? Yep, omegas are important. Um, Calcium is also important in preventing 
uh, high blood pressure diseases of pregnancy and, and bone loss and things like that. So, you know, having your first child especially and us being so uh, far away from being in touch with ourselves, it could be like you can get really, really worried uh, and have a lot of anxiety. How do you suggest to deal with that? Read my book. No, I'm just kidding. Well, it's true. Um, yes. But Read your seriously, book. It's the information is the key to the you know making taking away the fear and the anxiety. Okay. Yeah. Information. Yeah. Information. Because mm-hmm. and and good information too. Because you know you can go out there and search the internet and what you, you you know if you're focused on it you'll find everybody's horror story and and that can frighten people even more absolutely so, yeah we need to take a to... break when we come back we'll give uh shelly's uh web address so you can check her out you're listening to mastering ourselves our guest is uh dr shelly binkley and we will be right back Mastering Ourselves co-host Keith Amber has done thousands of psychic soul healings over the past 36 years. As a healer and co-host on Mastering Ourselves, Keith offers profound insights that assist you in moving forward in your own life through your own trials and challenges. During Keith's private healings and on the show Mastering Ourselves, many of life's mysteries are explained with the help of the amazing spirit guides of light. Find out what others have to say about Keith's life-altering healings at MasteringOurselves.com. 